Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this will probably be the most penalized game in the season. <laughs> we, we are live. You guys get a little bit of the... Uh, the, the the talking in the back, uh, my man Grice is here on time. Oh, hey, 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 <laughs> you, just, you just missed orange Sam, Grice. Sam was really orange like two seconds ago. I don't know what he did, but he got it fixed. So he, he's back, Stop, he's, Sam. Back in, he's back in the building. All right, guys, we're ready for another edition of Talking Preps. Let's drop the music, let's get to it. All right, welcome back to another day of Talking Preps. Uh, guys, the, the big uh, topic of the week so far has been the banner that was uh, held up during the uh, Catholic game on Friday. Um, and I'll start with Dale. Uh, what are your thoughts about the big banner, Dale? Two things. One, is that really a smart thing to do that might motivate your opponent very heavily? Um but of course, the I guess the reason that everybody's upset, uh, I I just don't know how you, uh, I, I don't know how something like that. I, when I first heard about it, I thought it was just a sign that was held up. I didn't realize it was what the players ran through. So I, I don't I don't understand how administration could let something like that go. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think it's a, a cool face to show. Yeah. Gary Richmond. Well, um, kind of reminds me of the things we have to go through in basketball every year. In the pregame, you know, the kids want their own music to come out in warm-ups. And as a coach, you need to listen to that music before it's played before the game because a lot of the music that the kids listen to might be inappropriate for public consumption. And it's probably incumbent on the cheerleader advisor, at least, to look at the sign and and make sure it's appropriate. And and if they're not sure, go to the AD and say, look, is this okay for them to run through? I think think the adults missed it. um, And that's what happens when uh, you give too much freedom to the kids uh, without knowing what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, Grace, what is kind of the protocol in your career for for the the banner and how it gets designed and who takes a look at it before it before it drops? What's been your experience? I mean, I think you know, for me, and I think Griner can attest. Like, I don't know what the banner is going to say when we get out there. You, say, you don't know. You don't yeah, know. I was going to say. I think it's one of those things that you know it's separated from the football team. I do think you know any attempt to join the football team with what went on with that sign is. You know, kind of a low blow and a little bit that's probably unrelated to the issue here. Again, it's a robbery situation. I do think that 
you know, they, they were, this was inappropriate or, or indecent to do so. But I think that, you know, a, a slap on the wrist is, is appropriate for that. I mean, you know, there are too many, you know, aspects here at play. I mean, for anyone to try to equate this, you know, with race is, is too, you know, it's, it's too many things here. Is there are white and black people involved on both sides? You know, I, I don't think this is a situation in which, you know, you could take it there. Um, you know, it's a situation where I think, you know, some people, you know, while the cheerleaders are, are taking a hit for this, there are a lot of people that were in that old South, you know, Southern Mecklenburg Conference and that were part of that Union County Conference that would say some of the things Catholic got to do was, was very privileged. So speaking strictly athletics, which is what we attain to do here, that that could be considered privileged by some of the things that Catholic has been afforded the ability to do. But no, it, it was indecent. Let me make sure I continue to reiterate that before I get hate mail. Um, and a, a slight punishment and apology is warranted, but the football team is separate from this. But it's a rivalry game. Things like this are going to happen. You're going to have to punish people, and CMS did the right thing to make sure their base is recovered. Alex, want to get your thoughts. Uh, having grown up in a, in a Catholic school like that and having to have dealt with some of the things that Catholic kids get, you know, get tossed at them, uh, what are your thoughts? This situation has absolutely nothing to do with Catholicism. It has absolutely nothing to do with race. It has absolutely nothing to do with trying to pigeonhole, was this cheerleaders or, or was this because of did this have to do with the football team, which, which it did not. This has nothing to do with any of that. This very simply is a situation reaffirming the requirement for appropriate adult oversight, even when student leadership might be acceptable and involved that adult oversight must prevail. And I can say that as a school administrator and as an athletics administrator who myself, time and again, as Gary said, student athletes come, it could be the basketball team, it could be the soccer team, it could be the cheerleaders, it could be the dance team. I've, I've had to do it with all of them. And come and bring a tape or a disc or want to plug in a phone, whatever. Hey, we got our warm-up music. Hey, we, we, we got the music for our routine right here. Uh, can we use this? We have new music we want to use. And the number of times that I've looked at student athletes and said, has this been approved by your coach or your advisor or our athletics director or whomever? And the answer is, not even a no, but a hesitation. If there's any hesitation, then immediately I said, absolutely not. End of discussion. Come back to me when we've gotten to the point that it's been approved and I cannot approve it five minutes before you want to hear it. End of discussion. Once again, this has nothing to do with race. This has nothing to do with Catholicism. This has nothing to do with pigeonholing cheerleaders or football players or any anything like that. Adult appropriate oversight must be involved in all situations like this, period. Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools did the absolute right thing. Chris Hughes. You know, I agree with all of you. I think each one of you gentlemen have very good points. And, and I certainly agree with you, Alex, about the adult oversight. In fact, my point is, is that yes, the adults, the, the, the coach, the advisor, whoever that person may be, is the one that probably 
should get the reprimand or at least the discussion with with the administration to understand how this happened uh because again you can't allow the the students the cheerleaders you know they they may or may not understand the right or wrong the appropriateness of it you never know but what i would do as an administrator moving forward just to mitigate this from happening again is one i, well, I want to use this as a learning point so hey for all the schools within cms and even the surrounding counties and you know this has become a statewide story every county in the state i think is something that the administrators can look at and say hey how can we learn from this you know you've seen over the past several years the you know the the Velcro banners that, that just snap back together that teams burst through. Maybe that's more of an option uh, that you just continue to reuse over time versus having the cheerleaders make it up over, you know, with the paper and the markers and stuff like that. But again, my take is just how can we use this as a way to, to correct the situation moving forward to teach the, the, the students? Because again, Alex likes to use the term as an NCHSAA motto, motto, education based athletics. So, hey, look, we've got this scenario. Let's educate them, let's learn from it, and move on. And so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. All right. Um, well, Chris, we're going to put you in the back and save your voice. You got a busy show ahead of you. Uh, and we're going to hit the rundown. And uh, let me get it on the screen. And there we go. Um, Grice, Cam Newton is fully vaccinated. Which NFL team should sign him? Um, I think the one in Charlotte. Goodness, I looked up at the score. <laughs> one was six of 20 for 65 yards. But, Grinder, you could get 70 yards in the NFL game, I promise. Like, Probably that, could. He, the way he played what for the offense was offensive. Oh, my goodness, man. Hey, Panthers, Matt Rule, hey, take a look. I'm not saying sign him. I think you should. The quarterback was playing for the Bears. I told y'all that back in the spring. <laughs> goodness, man. Grice is right. I can probably throw about 75, 80 yards. That's a max I can get, though. <laughs> but five yards a clip. Um, I just throw it to DJ Moore. But um, Cam right. Newton, yeah, Cam, Cam Newton needs to go. I've, and I've said this in the past. Cam Newton needs to go somewhere where they have an unbelievable offensive line. The year that he did so well and he was an MVP – was when the Panther O-line was very successful. They were doing really good that year, and he had about three seconds to throw the football. He has a long release. When you watch him throw the ball, he does have a big arm. He's not as when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Zachary to some other ones, but if you give him time, that long release, he's able to step in his throw and make decent throws and then use his legs when he wants to. But if he doesn't have time, he's not like, you know, the, the guy that beat him out in, in uh, the Patriots, uh, Mac Jones. He's not that. He's not an accurate get rid of the ball right now. He's not a Drew Brees type guy. So that's the one aspect. The one, the other aspect that I would look at is someone that runs the football. Like, how many more years does Cam Newton really have? He might have none or maybe one or two. What you need to do is you need to put him in a situation where he can help you. Baltimore Ravens, what is their backup quarterback right now? Do you know that, Grace? I don't know. Uh, Tyler Huntley kid, I think, uh, UCLA, very similar to Lamar. Oh, he is very similar to Lamar. That's what I'm saying. You just got to make sure that you're going into a situation where 
you can run the read option. He is very successful, you know, running a Tim Tebow type offense. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> and then uh and then the other thing is he needs to go somewhere. I, I think yeah, I, it can't I think Washington Redskins. I think Washington Redskins would be a good spot for him too because of uh, you know, the head coach. I think him and the head coach always got along really well. All right, Dale. Does Kyrie Irving play this year at all? The Nets are playing right now as we speak, or does he sit out? Man, two points here. This guy is crazy stupid. Um, <laughs> and, and I say that, and I don't know if it's ignorance or stupidity. Uh, to allow himself to put be put into this position. Uh, I can't call it ignorance because we're just not at a point of being ignorant with some of the other things he's uh, he's said and believes in. Uh, makes me think otherwise. Uh, but I, I'm going to give the second point, and that is if he truly – well, uh, he, he in some manner believes his stance. Uh, and he's standing by. He's sticking by it. He's not letting money drive it. So while I think it's a stupid, um, a stupid base stance, uh, at least the you know my second point, he's um, he's sticking by it. So is he gonna? He's gonna have to sit out. That's that's. I don't think he's got any option since he doesn't want to budge. All right, Gary. The Hornets start playing tomorrow night. Does this team make the playoffs? Not the play in, but the playoffs. <laughs> Well, you always have to add the caveat if they're healthy. I think if they if they maintain a, a reasonable amount of health and they can get Gordon Hayward through, say, 60 games. Um, and, that's a big ask. That's a big ask, I know. But if, if they can go into the playoff, well, if they can stay healthy most of the season and avoid, you know, a lot of COVID protocol where you have guys missing multiple games, I think they have the talent um, to do so. Um, I think they've gained the experience, even though they're still a young team. I, I think they can go into playoffs, and I think they can go in as a, a, a five or six seed. And Kyrie will be back at Christmas because that's the most publicized day in the NBA, and that's the day he can get all the attention. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Alex, we, we saw a monster brawl on the Panthers' concourse on Sunday. We've been seeing fights at baseball games. College football games all over the country we've been seeing these fights. Why is fan fan violence so bad this far? Hubris, as defined by Google, excessive pride or self-confidence. People who think that they can get their one minute of attention and then get away because of the reality that in too many of these situations, no arrests are being made including in the situation at the Panthers game this weekend, which according to pretty much every account of the story, as the situation uh, diffused by the time officers got there. So people got away with it once again. So this excessive self-pride or self-confidence, it's that same thing that Gary alluded to a couple weeks ago, I believe. And when you go to a tailgate before a football game, and you got people who, everyone who wants to toss the football can't play the game. It's the same thing that you have going on here. Hubris. People who are involved in these situations can't get on that field and do anything. 
So this is the only way that they think that they can sucker punch somebody and get away with it if nobody's going to get arrested. Now, you have too many situations where there are no repercussions for anything. Now, you think back to 2004 with the Clemson, South Carolina melee, and both programs decided that they weren't going to bowl games. Self-inflicted wounds. They said, we're not going to do this because we're not going to stand for this. We have moved away from there being any accountability or any repercussions, whether collectively or individually. And if people continue to see that these shenanigans, these, these, I'm not, no, shenan, no, criminalities, <laughs> criminalities All right. that happen without anyone getting arrested, then what's going to stop them? Gary, it's two things. One is alcohol, okay? Because alcohol is liquid courage, okay? Makes people brave. The other thing I really think it is, is we've just come out of an era under a president who will say anything to anybody in any manner. And the public takes their leadership from their, from their leaders. And he made it fashionable to say things that other people wouldn't say publicly. But people have to remember, he has Secret Service protection. Right. Okay. They don't. And I think he made it fashionable to say things to people without any consequence. And the thing that really disturbs me about these brawls is a lot of times they're initiated by women and they're women throwing punches. Getting that man all into the fight. Go man, slap somebody else. Now you, gotta stuff, defend your, now you gotta go defend your honor of your lady. Yep. yep. Guys getting put to sleep on that. I know that dude got put to sleep on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, they have 30, Sam, 30 seconds. 30 seconds, Sam. No, just real quick. I, I think we're not looking at the one aspect. The reason why it's this fall is because we just came out of a pandemic. Most people have been in their homes, they've been locked away pretty much, so to say. You know, they, they ain't been out in public. So now all of a sudden, someone says something, someone's cheering for the other, you know, objective. And all of a sudden, if it, your your feelings get different, you, you ain't accustomed to being at these situations anymore. And I think that's why we're having more right now. That's it. All right, Dale, South Mac and Myers Park have rarely been this good in the same year. These are two of the city's oldest and most tradition-rich schools across sports. Uh, how big is Friday's game? So for Myers Park, it's, it's one more step towards a championship. Uh, depending on what happens with the Olympic Arby Kell game, they can uh, either seal it or take that next step. Uh, for South Mech, they've got to win this to stay in contention uh, uh, for a uh, championship. If they lose, to uh, no, no team's going to be in, even in a tie with two losses. So uh, two good teams, a lot on the line. I think it's a, a big game, very big game. Yeah, I think you got to put West Charlotte in there, by the way, too. One of the oldest schools that are really good this year. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, Alex, we got a quick comment before we move on. Uh, Malicia wants to know why why does Catholic get to play CMS schools? I think you're probably very well equipped to. We're going to go there, Grace. Just thirty <laughs> seconds, Alex. Just uh, explain that to Malicia. Charlotte Catholic is a. North Carolina High School Athletic Association member school in good standing with an excellent reputation and excellent track record as an NCHSA member school. Charlotte Catholic has been assigned by 
appropriate NCHS AA entities, including realignment committees, which ultimately a realignment committee, the work of which ultimately is approved by the NCHS AA board of directors in terms of conference alignments and affiliations within prevailing competitive classifications. And Charlotte Catholic is in a situation where because of its competitive classification and geographical realities is aligned by the NCHSAA board of directors in a conference, including Charlotte Mecklenburg schools. Any NCHSAA member school in good standing like Charlotte Catholic is entitled by the NCHSAA bylaws and governing documents to the same considerations. All the non-boarding parochial schools in the NCHSAA receive the same considerations, just as the other 400 plus member schools in the association are entitled to the same considerations. It is the same streamlined process for all member schools and Charlotte Catholic is an NCHSAA member school in good standing entitled per its membership to these privileges. Felicia, he was not he was not reading that. That was that's off that the dome. That was straight off the NFL right games. Like, that's Rap City like, in the booth. Yeah. I know he was like literally wrapping it out. <laughs> All right, so we were talking about the big South Big game. We had a chance to sit down with Coach uh, Joe Evans of South Mac, see what he had to say. And on the backside, Sam, you're going to the game show. Coach Joe Evans, you've done exactly what you said you're going to do. You turn South Mac around, you guys have a chance to win the league championship. I'm not sure too many people would have seen that company a couple years ago. How have you done it? Uh, well, you know, we, as a collective group, you know, bought into what we were wanting to do as, you know, as a team and as a program and, you know, making sure that kids are doing the right things day in and day out. And we talk about setting the standard and and making sure that, you know, we practice the right way, we lift weights the right way, we condition the right way. And, uh, you know, it's it, leadership is great, but followership to me, um, that defines a great leader. And, you know, I got a great group of coaches. I got a great, you know, team, great program, great JV program. So it's been, uh, it's, it's been hard work, but it's been a lot of fun. I've asked you this before, but did you really expect to be this far this quickly? I mean, you kind of when I when I kind of looked at it, I kind of figured about three years. You know, I kind of figured three years was a good time. And you know, I looked at the youth of the program, and you know, there was a big sophomore class when I got there. So I figured by the time they were seniors, you know, that they would be on the right path and they would you know be doing the right things. And you know, three years has been kind of the that was kind of the timeline I was looking at when I got there. It's kind of ironic you playing Myers Park in this game that could really put you guys in position to win the championship because you'd have the the one up on Olympic, you had a one up on Myers Park, you had a one up on Arthur Kell, so it'd be yours to win. Basically, this is a if you win this one, this is almost like a championship game for you. Um, you know Myers Park really well because you work there. Uh, what what does this game mean for you, and and how much of a, of a special insight do you have into the Mustangs? <laughs> well, you know it's it's. It's nice to to be able to you know even have the conversation about you know trying to win a conference championship. You know it's nice to even be in the conversation. Um, you know then you look at a team like Myers Park, obviously a great program. I was you know lucky enough to be there for a couple of years under Coach Chadwick, um, and you know I, some of those coaches that are still there, I'm good friends with, still good friends with uh, their new offensive coordinator Chris James and their new defensive coordinator. Chris James. <laughs> um, so I've known those guys for a while too. And, you know, I have nothing but the utmost respect for them as, uh, uh, as individuals and as a program. Um, you know, that being said, I mean, we want to try to be one of one and oh Friday night and, and go out and have a really good showing and, and try to get a win. Uh, 
Let's talk a little X's and O's, Coach. So we're going to throw the ball over the yard or try to. I mean, what do you guys have to do to slow them down, and what do you guys have to do to get going? And secondly, is your quarterback going to be back next week? I know you're not going to tell me, but I'm going to ask. Uh, well, first and foremost, I mean, you know, like you watch – you watch film on those guys, and they can they can pitch it and catch it better than a lot of teams in the state. Um, they do a really good job. You know, Lucas Lindhoff, their quarterback, um, does a good job of getting it out to his receivers and letting his playmakers be playmakers. Um, you know, they protect him really well. His kids come down. His receivers come down with some amazing catches. I mean, they have obviously have worked together, you know, a lot in the off season and in practices. And um, you know, you really want to you really want to try to slow them down. Um, I know they, you know, they're going to run some tempo and, you know, Chris does a really good job of, you know, running different formations and things like that. Um, you know, on the other side, I mean, you know, we got, we got a couple quarterbacks and we got one quarterback and we got another one and, you know, we're going to have a quarterback out there Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wouldn't tell me. This is interesting. <laughs> Myers Park is the number two offense points wise in the conference behind you, which is, I mean, I don't think people would think that. And then, the number one defense is you. So you have the, the top offense against the top defense. Is that what this game comes down to? Is it something else? Um, I mean, this game comes down to players, you know, coaches coach, players make plays, right? Let's be honest. I mean, you got players all over the field on both teams. Um, you know, it's good to it's good to be able to score points. It's good to be able to throw the ball. It's good to be able to run the ball. Um, you know, it's going to come down to you know, who makes plays on both sides of the ball and who makes plays on special teams. Special teams is a really, really, really big part of, um, you know, high school football. And it's an easy way to win a game, but it's also an easy way to lose a game. Um, I didn't think we were very good on special teams in the spring. You know, we really put a focus on getting better at it. Um, but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day that you don't put 11 kids on offense, 11 kids on defense, and they're going to do the same. And, you know, we're going to go see who makes more plays. Well, it should be a phenomenal atmosphere out there. It's going to be sold out. Both sides can't move, can't breathe, and uh, good luck to the Sabres, all right? All right. Appreciate it, Langston. Appreciate you, Coach. Take care, sir. That's my man, Joe Evans. Uh, Terrence and Shea, friend of the show, uh, talked about how Joe did the same thing Independence and not a surprise. Uh, Sam, you, you've had a little experience in, in turning things around quickly. You surprised Joe's done so well so quickly? Not at all. Um, you know, Joe's one of my favorite coaches in the whole Dillon CMS um, entire state. I think he does things the right way. Uh, he's a very confident individual. Um, he's perceived kind of like I am in a way, in a bad way sometimes because confidence, sometimes people insecurities don't know how to be around someone like that. Right. Very aggressive in the weight room. Those kids buy in. The one thing you got to look at, a lot of the great coaches that can turn things around is, their players buy into their head coach. They really like take on the identity and they're doing that with Joe. Yeah, he's doing a great job. All right, Sam, we got your opponent today on the show, Archie Archdeacon of Archie Kell, 17-year-old assistant coach. I, I had no idea you're doing this. Dale clued me in. So old Dale a big uh dose of gratitude. Uh how in the world did you get the job as an assistant coach of 17 years old over at Archie Kell? First off, thank you guys for having me. Um, basically, I just went to Mr. Jack's office. I knew the kid that did it before. I was like, hey, Mr. Jack, can I help out in any way to help out the team? Because like I told you, I'm not big enough to play. You know, I weigh like 115. And so he was like, yeah, we'll find a way to help. And then I just slowly, gradually filled the role of play singular. And now I love it. I still do it to this day. It's great. 
He's yeah. awesome. Pretty impressive. I ain't gonna lie. Like Langston called me um, later in the week or earlier in the week, and and was telling me, "Is is this rare?" And I thought you were just a player, a football player. I was like, "No, it's not rare. That's they do that." And he was like, "No, it's a student." I said, "No," and I was like, "That's, that's impressive, man." So. I mean, I could definitely see you being a GA, you know, when after you get out of college and, and just taking on the role, because it takes a special person to to want to be around something like that and maybe not might, maybe not be involved athletically, but do behind the scenes. I mean, you could be one of the greatest coaches down the road. You know what I mean? I know that might be some inspiration you have for yourself. Yeah. So he's an awesome signal caller. From Let me get, let's get a signal real quick. Let's get a signal real quick. Let me, <laughs> no, let me no, give you my favorite one. Don't you give a signal. You don't have to tell us what it is. No. You don't have to tell no. us what it means. I'll say what it means. No, no one will know what it means. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I, I just I just read his whole thing. I could I could guard that now on defense. I just read See, that's, it. That's all he wants to know with Jack is running. That's all he wants to know. All right, Archie. He's got, he's got a bunch more, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Archie, your, your job today is to take Sam down. Sam, <laughs> we, we got Sam with a little losing streak going on. <laughs> Ain't a losing streak. He just yeah. like, lost one. <laughs> yes. So on the back side of this, we're going to go into the questions. It's, it's multiple choice. And just make sure you get the early lead because he'll go to that little four-corners thing he does. Okay. Here we go. Brother, I'm not MJ. Just Coach Griner, but I'm the GOAT of the game show. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a little something crazy right there. Sorry. Man. Everybody looks at that, they're like, oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Dan. Okay. Which pop star just released their first new music in six years? Easy on me. I'm going to learn something here. Uh, A, Britney Spears. B, Adele. C, Beyonce. D, Justin Timberlake. Archie, you're up. Uh, I'm going to say Adele. All right, Samuel. <laughs> That's what I was going to pick. I'm going to pick Adele as well. You both are correct, so we're one and one. Right. Sam, you got, the, you got the, uh, the pop culture question right. I, I that's what I was really I, I like the Adele. I was like, the mother was he always fears the pop culture question. Yeah, I do. I fear that. I fear that one. And just because you do, I got two of them. Oh my god, that's there you go. I mean, uh, which, Chelsea, I'm sorry. Which Tina Turner movie star now has a hit show on Fox called 911? A Angela Bassett, B Lawrence Fishburne, C Kadeem Hardison. Or D, Patrick Dempsey. Samuel. <laughs> oh, man. I don't watch no TV, nothing right now. I ain't got time for it. All right, let me think. It's on streaming. Jeopardy music, Sam. Jeopardy music. I know. Let me think. Let me think. Yeah, you're trying to get your daughter to whisper the answer to you in the back. I'm going to go A. A, Angela Bassett. Archie, what you got? I have no idea, so I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. I'll say D. You said B is in boy? No, you said D. D is Patrick Dempsey, McSweat, McDreamy. Nope, the answer is A, Angela Bassett. Sam has the lead, two to one. <clears throat> <clears throat> what? Hey, Gary, 
Throw it up in the back, baby. Yeah, Gary, Gary, back. you know, Gary, you know what he's about to do now. <laughs> you know what he's about to do now. All right, Archie, I still, I still got faith in you. Let's go, Dale. Okay, which FBS college football team allows the most points per game in 2021? A. Akron. B. Arkansas State. C. Kansas. D. Miami. Archie. I mean, I've watched a few Miami games, and they've blown it far. They're not good this year. I'm going to go Miami. Miami. Samuel. I definitely don't think it's Miami. I think it's either Kansas or Akron. Uh, I'm going to go see Kansas. Kansas Arkansas State. Oh, okay. Arkansas. I didn't even know that was a school. Still, still <laughs> I didn't even know that was a school. <laughs> I thought I thought I was gonna get y'all to Miami. I, I got Archie. I thought I was gonna get y'all to Miami. No, I knew it was Miami. I thought I, thought I had I thought I had a good one right there. Uh, and it's on Chelsea for this one. All right. What TV show won the most Emmy awards this year? A. The Crown. B. This Is Us. C. WandaVision. Or D. The Mandalorian. Samuel. Hmm. I've only seen one of these. I've only seen the WandaVision. Which is great. I'm going to say A, the crown. A, the crown. Archie, what you got? I think it's Mandalorian. It is A, the crown. One eleven of them. I like the Mandalorian. Like if, if I had to choose, I've never seen the crown. I just said the crown just seems like the right one. But I've never seen Man, never the Mandalorian seen. is unbelievable. I'm with you on that though. That's yeah, really. I've never, I've never seen either one of them actually. I haven't seen either any of them. How does it feel to be a champion right now? That's all I want to no, know. Hush, hush, Dale. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you my. So we're gonna go right just now. the opposite. I'm going to give you my Which signal college right now. football no. team leads the ACC in scoring this season? A, North Carolina, B, Wake Forest, C, NC State, D, Pittsburgh. Archie. Ah, Wake Forest is undefeated, so I'm going to go B. Wake Forest, what you got, Samuel? Yeah, I think it's B as well, Wake Forest. The answer is D. Pittsburgh. The team is leading the other division. Nobody's talking about Pittsburgh's going probably going to play Wake Forest. I, can, I, I was between B or D right there. I, I'm with you. Hey man, Sam gets away. With, hey. Sam gets away with a little win. Unfortunately, uh, look at Chris laughing. Oh baby, that's <laughs> for me this week. Archie, thanks for coming on, man. Best of luck to you guys in the playoffs and the rest of the season. All right. Yeah, that's good. Appreciate right, you, man. You. Thank you. That kid's an amazing story, man. They're not out of the hunt for the championship either now. No, no, no. Everybody, everybody's still alive. All right. Um, Grace and no, Chris, it's time for fresh faces. What what's been going on with all the guys you've been you guys were talking about people from one end of the state to the other? That's what we do. That's what we do. Dare to Cherokee, baby. Dare to Cherokee. All right, here we go. Fresh faces. Coach Christ, here we are at that time of week again. Fresh Faces, my favorite segment of the week, getting to really highlight some of these up-and-comers. 
Oh, I love it. I, I tell people all the time, this is my chance to enjoy, you know, all these names that you've been talking about for weeks. I know about these guys. I'm glad you as the public get to finally find out about them. Absolutely. Uh, well, the first guy that we're going to highlight, we're going to go up to the Catawba Valley, Hickory, uh, the Hickory High School, Dante Baker. He's a two-way uh, player, uh, big-time star for the Red Tornadoes. Uh, what do you see out of these highlights, Coach? I mean, I see a, a slot receiver that I can take it to the house if you aren't too careful. Um, looking at these highlights, I mean, it's great to see that each of these highlights shows the versatility in this receiver. He's featured in different ways. We can throw it short behind the line of scrimmage to him. We can throw the ball down the field to him, and here you'll see in a second, we can actually just hand the ball off to him and say, go get yards. So, you know, Coach Glass probably loves this guy's versatility, and I think they highlight and use that each week as a chance to feature how we're going to get our guy the ball. I mean, that's something that's great. I mean, you can clearly see that he's a guy as a defensive coordinator. You've got a game plan for and highlight every week to know that he's on that field and make sure we've got him covered. Absolutely. Great star. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of him, obviously, to come. Uh, Hickory's won three in a row, five and three so far on the season. Great job for them. Uh, now we're going to move over to Apex area. They're in the triangle area. Uh, quarterback uh, Max Bartell had 430 yards total offense in the close 47-49 loss to a really strong Middle Creek. Uh, this guy right here has been on a tear all year. This is a really solid apex team, by the way. What do we see, Coach? I mean, see a kid that throws on rhythm and a guy that's going to get the ball out of his hand to his top guys. I mean, I think he does a great job of the decision-making as he's making sure he's throwing the guys that are wide open. And you can see in the pocket, hey, if you kind of rush him or it gets a little a little hot, he's going to get out of that pocket and find some running lanes. So, you know, I think it's, it's good to highlight a guy again. He doesn't seem like he's got that great speed guru, but if he needs to get out of the pocket, he needs to get that ball out of his hand, he's going to do that in a way that's going to produce positive results for his team. Yeah, six foot two, 215 pound senior. He's a tough, tough kid. Just a real good, gritty football player, as you see right there. There ain't no sliding for him. There ain't no sliding to tackle. I like that. Hey, let's move on to, to Concord now for this next guy, Jalen Robinson High School. Isaac Lee Robinson threw for seven touchdowns against Union Academy. They put up 82. Yeah, you did. You didn't hear me right. 82 points against Union Academy. Uh, what do we see here, Coach? I mean, got another signal caller here. I mean, again, we love the high efficiency. Another kid getting the ball out of his hand. You don't see him standing there waiting, shaking his, you know, shaking his hands, waiting to throw the ball. He's getting it out to good receivers, letting his guys do the work. So, I mean, of course, you know, with, with touchdowns and big stats like that, he's got to have great receivers that are going to do their job, but he also has to find them. So he's doing a great job of that, throwing on rhythm here, getting that ball in tight windows to his receivers to make plays. All right. All right. Let's stay here in the South Piedmont region, Westerland High School. Um, Noah Loblon has won, uh, led five straight victories uh, for the Falcons right there. They're in the driver's seat. They do have a big game against Concord coming up, uh, but five straight wins for Westerland, all behind the, the, the skills of Noah Loblon, great quarterback. Uh, what do we see here? That's a big arm. It's a big arm, and I love his pocket presence. I mean, you, you notice that there are subtle movements. He's not a guy that's in the pocket when it gets a little warm. He's not just flying out of there looking for yards. You'll see little movements to make sure he's positioned in the best place to release the ball and does those just great job. And with that big arm, he's never going to be laid on any pass to his receivers. I mean, every pass is right out in front of his receivers to help them go on and make the play. So I love to see it from Noah. It's not a surprise why he's throwing the ball the way he has, and I'm mean, glad we have him as a fresh face. Absolutely. There's no surprise while Western Land is really the hot team right now as well. When you look at those highlights, look at that right there. That is a pretty pass. Uh, anyway, guys, this is uh, Fresh Faces. Uh, we did it again. Uh, we'll do it again next week. I got Coach Christ right here. Uh, thanks for watching. And you guys are killing it. I'm frozen again. 
I got a whole new setup and I'm still frozen. I, I, that looks like the Michael Jordan mean. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's like crying a little bit. LJ Jones really likes um, the game show. I wanted, I, I didn't put it up when the game show was on. I, I, LJ, I agree. I think it's great exposure. No, it's great exposure it's, it's, for, for it's, fresh it's, faces, not the game show. Nobody cares about Sam cheating. Yeah, he's, he's talking about the game show. With fresh faces, is great exposure too. So well, it's easy to have a good segment when you got good kids like we've had to, to, to showcase me, man. It just shows the depth of talent in the state. Absolutely. All right, it's time to go to the corner and find corner. out where the top 10 teams are in each class. Here we go. All right, here, welcome to Chris's Corner. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm like cheating on my spouse tonight. I'm drinking a uh, uh -oh. pure wine instead of a sun drop tonight. Uh, the chair wine is made in Salisbury right here in Carolina. So, uh, anyway, we're going to start out here with the 1A rankings here on the Charlotte Observer uh, top 20 or top 10 uh, state rankings. Uh, no surprise right there. Eastern Randolph, they've remained. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm sorry, Guru. I'm sorry. I, I, I made a mistake. LJ Jones was saying fresh face. I told you. We told you that. I know him. That's my friend. I know what he's talking about. Fresh faces is a good exposure. So, my bad. Go, exactly. go ahead. Take it away, Guru. All right, well, let's do it one more time again. No surprise, Eastern Randolph undefeated, uh, number one team in North Carolina. They they beat a really good Providence Grove team Friday, uh, and then Providence Grove uh, played again tonight, beat Trinity 49-14. Uh, uh, so Eastern Randolph, Coach Burton Cates remains number one. Tarboro, Coach Jeff Craddock, and that bunch, that Tarboro team formation right there in hot pursuit. Mount Airy won last night 45-6. to six over a really strong East Wilkes team. So uh, Mount Airy, again, uh, one of those top teams. Thomasville had the week off. Northside Pinetown, you remember they were in the state championship game in the spring. They are really coming on strong of late. Uh, bottom half right there kind of shook up, but you start to see some of these Smoky Mountain teams really beat up on one another. Uh, we don't know how strong they are. I have a feeling once the playoffs begin, even some teams like Robbinsville and Murphy, and Andrews and Cherokee, who are taking some losses right now, uh, will probably still be in the mix. But there you see Mountain Island Charter. They're moving right on up. Northmore, uh, still they got the one loss to undefeated to, to Cummings. Uh, but all in all, you're starting to get this 1A really shaping up. I think it's going to be a very fun playoff coming up here in a couple weeks. Oh, definitely. I mean, you talk about, you know, you got your, your mountain teams, like you said, beating up on each other. You might win the first game, but you got to win two yeah. in order to win state. And that Mount Island Charter team, if they can get some home games and avoid being up there in the snow, I mean, Dylan Business throwing for 5,000 yards, I feel like. So, I mean, he's got a great chance to ensure they're going to put up the points. And so some of these teams they face, they got a great chance to be successful. So good to see them coming up there. Kudos to Coach Washington. Yeah, great point to you, Grice, because uh, I can remember uh, two vivid uh, games where Mountain Island Charter probably was the best team that had to go to Swain County and had to go to Murphy, and both times came home with tough losses. So great point. Uh, we'll, we'll look and see how the seedings shape up here. That, in mountain, that mountain home field advantage up there. There, there is. There is. Uh, I was thinking one of these days we're going to get Swain County's coach Neil Blankenship on our talk of preps overtime because he's got a great story of how they beat Mountain Island Charter, and it had nothing to do with how the game's the game played out on the field. I want to let him tell it one day. Uh, so we got to get him on one day. But let's take it over here to the 2A rankings now. Uh, we'll see uh, Reedsville still undefeated. Uh, they remain up top. Salisbury has just been phenomenal. The defense of uh, Jalen Walker, one of our Mr. Football candidates, they've given up 27 points all year. Only two teams have scored on them. 
uh, Northeastern right there. Uh, Maiden had that huge blowout victory over Bunker Hill. Shelby, uh, again, I would take Shelby against about any of these teams and like my chances. I think they're still very much in the mix, as is White Bull that's scoring about 50, 60 points a game here recently. St. Paul's, remember, they didn't play for about the first five weeks of the season. Uh, they have just been blowing everybody out the past four or five weeks. They've been playing two, three games a week now, seems, uh, for the past couple of weeks to catch up. Um, Hendersonville, we've seen what they've done. Wallace, Rose Hill, Princeton, uh, some really solid teams. And you could even go from 11 down to about 30 and find some yeah. really good teams in this 2A, guys. Oh, I talk about 4A Fight Club. 2A is not far behind. I mean, I don't know the last time I've seen Shelby as a team that's number five, and you still look at them, like you said, like they could bring down the hardware for 2A. So it's going to be an exciting, uh, you know, exciting state championships in that 2A bracket. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that Shelby team uh, would be a top five 3A team and probably a lower half uh, top 15 4A team. I mean, they're just that good. I mean, we've seen them beat Yeah, I mean, they, they're really good. All right, guys, well, let's flip it forward here to the 3A rankings. The 71st, uh, they, they um, are now 8 though. by the way. They beat Purnell Sweat since this was uh, documented. Uh, Dudley, Kings Mountain, Hunt undefeated, although they've got the one loss as a forfeit. Southern Nash, uh, they've got a huge game against number seven, Northern Nash, Friday night. Statesville's in the mix. Central Davidson remains uh, there undefeated. Crest, uh, Scotland County. Scotland, even with that tough loss, uh, to Pinecrest, uh, still looking good. You know, they've got that big game with Richmond here in a week or two. Uh, 3A is very much up in the air, if you ask me. Uh, just uh, for the record, I want to throw Where's it out there. The West Charlotte is number 11. Okay. Uh, I was about to ask, where is West Charlotte? West Charlotte is number 11. You'll be able to see that tomorrow morning, uh, as well as some other teams. Uh, South Point is still very much in the mix. Uh, they won last night 35-21 over Ashboro. Ashboro, I mean, uh, so some good-looking teams there, guys. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you got Kings Mountain up there. Their only blemish, as we talked about, was the Shelby. Shelby. They've got a big game in, I think it's two weeks now, where they're going to go there and play Crest, number nine Crest. So, you know, that top three is solid as can be, but it's going to be some games that's really going to shake that up, I think, if, if we get some upsets. Yeah, and that Crest team, I really like. Mari Adams rushed for 167 yeah. yards in crucial time. You know, he, he's not one of these guys that's getting 400 yards in garbage time. He's getting some really clutch carries. He had a 63-yard back-breaking run that, that really kind of put Crest ahead this week. Uh, so that's a team that I think is going to be really tough coming up uh, here in the next couple weeks. Oh, I agree 100%. All right, let's take a look at the 4A rankings, guys. Uh, the big boys here, Huff number one, no surprise about that. Chambers uh, got the huge game against West Charlotte uh, Friday. Uh, it could be a tough game for them. I have a feeling that West Charlotte's going to come out pretty strong. Uh, Cleveland uh, looking solid as well. Uh, Grimsley, uh, Newburn, uh, Newburn just continues to look really good. I took a really close look at some film of theirs. Their offensive line is just nasty all the way across. All five of those guys, I think, could just about line up for any team in North Carolina and, and put themselves up uh, really well. Uh, Northern Guilford had that close, close win over Page. I actually picked Page to win that yeah. game. Uh, didn't didn't turn out that way, but it was a really close ball game. Myers Park, we see, is still right in the midst. Uh, Cardinal Gibbons, East Forsyth. East Forsyth, by the way, plays Glenn, who would have been 11th. Uh, that's a huge game on Friday night. We'll talk about it later, I'm sure. 
I mean, this fight club for real. I think one of the biggest things we're starting to see with the one four A bracket now is a lot of the you know, a lot more parity. I mean, you know, you got a lot of teams in the east. Before it was just Richmond and if they would go west or east, and if they went east, it was just an automatic, you know, feeling that they would get there. That ain't the case this year. Is you've got a lot yeah. of top teams on the east that you're gonna have to play some good ball to make it to just to face one of these great West teams. And by the way, I don't even think that it's a given that Chambers, or I mean, excuse me, that Cleveland, that Rollsville, that Millbrook, that, that Richmond, I don't think it's a given that any of them, Newburn, is going to go all the way in advance to the finals. And I'm going to tell you, I've been wrong about them all year. The more and more I look at this team, I'm not so sure Pinecrest ain't the team that's just going to go upset all of them. They just look really solid. They're tough. I mean, they're tough. And I mean, I think with the change in coach, I mean, people didn't understand how that was going to go. Didn't understand, you know, the Metzger being there so long, you know, what what would be lost. And I mean, you know, Curtin's, he's, he's really kept that going. And I really think taking, a, you know, them a, that extra step and giving them the belief that they can hang with the big boys. They continue to do, you know, like you said, prove you wrong. Games you thought they were going to lose, they're pulling it out. So, I mean, kudos to them. Like you said, they might have that upset game where you got you scratching your head and send somebody to the U-Haul a little early than I agree, guys. Uh, well, uh, hey, that does it for uh, for for the segment right here, Chris's corner. Uh, but Chelsea, uh, what do we have coming up? Um, so this is kind of an older interview from August, and this is with Tad Hudson, where we kind of discussed his commitment, um, the upcoming season with Huff, and I think it's really interesting because we can see how he talks about you know this season, and now we can look and see where Huff is with their success and how he described it in the preseason. All right. Well, let's take a look at that interview again. Great job as always. We always seem to cut you off, Chelsea. So I wanted to give you like extra time to kind of get some free stuff right here because you do such an awesome job. Yes, you you do. I'm Chelsea Sipple with Talking Prep Charlotte, and this is Tad Hudson, class of 23 quarterback from Huff High School, also a UNC commit. So Tad, recently committing to Carolina, I just wanna ask what brought you to the program? And you're also first of the 23 class. So what position do you take bringing in others and what does the future of Carolina look like? Oh yeah, I mean, every every time I went to UNC, I loved it there. They got a great culture up there, and uh, Mac Brown's doing great things. So I just want to be a part of that. And then I think it's big, just me committing so early, I guess. And uh, as a quarterback, plan on bringing in some recruits and helping out in recruiting. So Awesome. And you're also going into your junior year. So how do you hope to set a leadership role with, you know, any of the other younger classmen, upcoming quarterbacks? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll just uh, do the right thing, show them the way and I guess just be a good leader in that way just showing them good examples and just doing the right thing on and off the field so for sure and then last season y'all finished seven and oh in the conference went to round two of the playoffs are there any things you hope to improve this season with the team some things you hope to go the same I want to win I want to state championship so that's the goal awesome do you have any goals you're shooting for uh, yeah, I just want to win as many games as possible, uh, be a good leader on the team, and, yeah, just, just win a lot. Awesome. And then how would you describe your playing style on the field or what makes you a special quarterback? Oh, yeah, I think I'm a typical pro-style quarterback. Um, got a pretty strong arm. Uh, I move well in the pocket. Uh, if I need to get outside the pocket, I think I do pretty good at that too. 
So it's all around. Awesome. And thank you so much for hopping on this interview, Talking Prep Charlotte. Again, this is Tad Hudson from Carolina Commit Huff High School. And I'm Chelsea Sipple. <laughs>
I mean, it, it's expected. I mean, I think, you know, you look at Byram. I mean, I, you know, I hit up Guru. I said, I let Guru know. I'm saying, hey, like, Roseville's been putting up some points and, and really kind of looking at his performance makes sense. I mean, we've talked about Mason. I think, you know, Alex uh, has really been, you know, sounding the bell for him. Griner's been sounding the bell for Wesley Grimes. And you look at the numbers and they've been delivering. I mean, that's point blank. Yeah. I agree. Uh, looking down here at the running backs, uh, obviously uh, you got Herring down there, Newburn, Marion Hampton. Uh, we've very well documented how strong he's been. Um, Jacob Newman, uh, he's certainly been a huge part of South Met sur- uh, resurgence this year. Uh, Hollywood, Dalen Smothers, last year's uh, Mr. Football, he's firmly planted on the list. Uh, just to kind of round out the offensive guys, obviously the receivers right there as well, uh, and Grimes. Uh, so uh, any thoughts on them, gentlemen? I like them. All the, all, all the guys on this list are phenomenal players. Yeah, they, they are. And then, of course, we've got three primary defensive players. Our, a few guys are on here uh, that have played a little bit both sides. But, obviously, you got Jalen Walker right there, who the Georgia commit, uh, just an absolute stud of a man. Remember, he was one of our top uh, three finalists from last year's Mr. Football Award. Uh, Pierce at Chambers, who I'd had an opportunity to see up close during that Huff game, and he is just tremendous. And, and then, obviously, uh, Malachi Hamrick, the, the UNC commit out of Shelby, uh, he's just one of those wrecking ball kind of guys, kind of just really gets in the way of every play, 11 and a half sacks. So uh, I, I think this is a great list. I think the cream does kind of rise to the top. You know, I've I seen some comments right here. Uh, you know, you do have some of the players in the state who potentially do not have the numbers of others because playing in blowouts, Gary, I, I think – uh, Christian Hamilton might be one of those guys at Hickory Ridge. Yes, uh, you know, he hadn't played a lot in the second half, and even when he does, they're not going to throw the ball because they don't want to run it up on teams. So he usually does his ha- damage in the first quarter, and Hickory Ridge has been blowing teams out in the first quarter. It's over, so they don't need to do anything with him the rest of the game. So, uh, you know, numbers can be deceiving. You have to look at them based on – you know, is a, is a player playing an entire game or half a game or, and what type of competition are they playing against? Some coaches will, will play p- players just for the numbers when they really don't have to. Yeah. Well, you'll be able to see, I think, uh, a lot of these awards, believe it or not, is how well they do in the playoffs. Yes. Um, you don't have to win a state championship necessarily to win this award, but – if your impact is – are you impacting your team? You know, Mr. Football is that you're so good you're impacting your team to prevail to the next round, to the next round. Like, what are you doing? So there's not going to be, like, blowout in the first quarter and then you sit out. These games are going to get tougher and we're going to see what you can really do. You know, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, with there being six rounds of the playoffs, obviously two round, two weeks left here in the regular season, uh, there's still a lot of football for someone to really come on strong. Uh, and, and kind of to your point there, Sam, you know, let's just say a player misses a week and you just see how uh, how much that team missed him without that player. You know, they use that wins above replacement stat in baseball. Uh, you know, you can really see if a player comes up injured for a game or two, how much that team meant and how much he meant to that, that team. Uh, but, again, just kind of reiterate it a lot of football remaining uh and i do think that this list will continue to kind of shake up a little bit we will trim it down again though here in the coming weeks so uh a lot to talk about hey elijah simmons all right my defense alignment this dude is a stud 52 grice has uh seen him all right he has 15 sacks 
two defensive touchdowns about – I got to look at the uh, solo tackles and things like that. But those two stats I remember there off the top of my head. I'm like – I was blown away when I looked at it. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I know he's like our best player, but I'm like, I didn't know he had stats like that. So, And that's the other problem is guys like Griner don't get the stats in. Guys well, man, here, look, man, guys I, I, and, and I, I, people I, I, are mad I, I, at us, but they can't get the stats. Well, 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 no. let, me, let me explain something to you. You know what I had to do today? The things that I had to do, you have no idea. <laughs> I bet you had to come to somebody else's class. I bet you that. I do. I do that all the time. Um, <laughs> that that's easy. I'm talking about. I go. We go to the field, and uh, you know, I had to buy water for all the kids at food line, fifty bucks because the water pressure deal. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give you guys that. look at. Uh, did you guys look at Brown's QB rating? I haven't looked I'm, at that. I'm just I'm just curious. It's 135. He is having a great season. He is. And I mean he had a slow start. I mean, I think Gru, if I'm not mistaken, they got trounced by East Forsyth pretty good earlier. Well, yeah. And 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 again, the prevailing fact about Rollsville is who they've played. They have played a very aggressive schedule yeah. out of the Eastern North Carolina, as opposed to maybe a few of the other Raleigh teams who really hasn't. So I again, as we looked in and this week's gonna be a great barometer with them playing Wake Forest. But I think that there are a little bit more seasons is the word I think I'll use moving here in the next coming weeks. Let me throw out a name here for you. As we're sitting here talking about Mason Fortune at Millbrook, a 10th grader who wears number nine. Mason Fortune is turning in one of the best 10th grade campaigns we have seen in the greater triangle in approximately 30 years, 29 to be specific when there was another number nine who wore blue and gold at Northern Durham High School as a 10th grader named Jason Peace and led Northern Durham to the, two, to the, to the 1992 state final where the Knights fell just short to East Forsyth who made a play at the end of the game to win. Mason Fortune is evoking memories of that sophomore campaign that Jason Peace had. Thank, thank you for that. You're, you're correct. Yes, I'm, absolutely. Thank you for that info, Chris. All right. Well, again, great conversation there. We look to continue this. Again, this is a week-by-week -week assessment. So, guys, you know, you continue to, to have great performances. We're going to continue to make sure that this list is reflective of that. Speaking of great performances, now it's time to highlight these guys involved, and they got the call. Let's see these week's nominees for Crisis Gym. All right, Coach Grice, I just heard the phone call. I mean, we had a lot of guys calling. They were balling out. We have to get them uh, highlighted this week. Are you ready to hit it? I'm ready. I mean, you know, it's that, got that fall just, you know, around here. I know you're, you know, you don't have it, but we got that little chill in the air, you know. It's that time letting us know it's about that time. I think the gyms reflect that a little bit. A lot of coaches are, are sniffing that fall air saying, hey, let's give it to that guy behind my quarterback. And I think you're going to see that with the gyms. Let's get into it. Absolutely. Let's start off right out the bat. Uh, up in the mountains, Smoky Mountains, uh, Smoky Mountain High School, uh, Isaiah McNeely had 260 yards, four rushing touchdowns Friday night against Franklin, 44-27 uh, win. Franklin was a top 25 ranked team, so that was a huge win uh, for Smoky Mountain. Uh, what do we see out of this young man? 
Oh, we see that mountain air, that wonderful Smoky Mountain turf. Hey, we know you at this time of year, your running back is going to have to do great things. It's going to have to lead your team. 39 carries meant they went to him and he balled over and over and over again. Uh, 39 carries, 260 yards, four touchdowns. That's a big win. And we see with this kid, I mean, he was able to do it in a lot of different ways. But one thing's for sure, they had seven, eight in the box and couldn't stop this kid repeatedly. All right, man. A great uh, performance there Friday night. Isaiah McNeely, glad that we could highlight you. Hey, let's go back to the Raleigh area now and go to a high school. We've talked a lot about this year, but for the first time, I'm glad that we're not talking about Amarion Hampton. He has just ran all over everybody, but there's so many other ballers on that team. Uh, Cleveland High School's Jay Sean Middleton had 263 yards total offense against Southeast Raleigh, probably on the receiving end of some of those great-looking Skyler Locklear passes. This is a good-looking athlete, Coach. Oh, it's great. And like you said, we love Martin Hampton. He always is going to get the praise from us, but glad that we're able to highlight other players on that team. That team is 7-0 for a reason, and it's not just because of Martin Hampton. You can see here, Ja'Shawn Middleton get, catching the ball short. I don't care who you're playing. Hey, Southeast Rod's got a good coach and Coach Campbell. I know he had him circled, but this is some big-time performances from a guy that, again, is a part of a great Cleveland team that's looking to do big things this year. Yeah, Coach Scott Raleigh's uh, Cleveland Rams look really good. Uh, and, and again, you look at the, you got a lot of athletes on that field. Yeah. You got the big 28 there in the backfield. Um, and I'm, uh, Middleton, you know, he showed that he can do it as well. And I'm sure there's probably a few other athletes here as well. Uh, so great job to you guys. Uh, they're going to be a force to deal with here in the playoffs. Uh, let's bring it back now to the Queen City. We've talked a lot about him over the year, but he had a career high 243 yards on the ground against a really tough, scrappy Olympic team. I don't think Olympic was going to go away Friday night. I didn't think they were either. And, you know, of course, uh, you know, Coach Evans not having a starting quarterback in the game, you know, having a backup quarterback, you've got to rely on your bell cow. And I think they did just that. You know, I was able to watch them a couple weeks ago and with their quarterback, they were able to do some other things in this game. I think it forced it in some ways, a good way. It forced them to focus on their bell cow. He showed up big here, 34 carries, 243 and three. That lets you know he was the big part of why they were to come back against a good Olympic team. But he definitely balled in a historic way for him. So I'm glad he got the call. Yeah. Hey, let's go all the way down to southeastern North Carolina, Pender County. Uh, Coach, um, Look at this guy right here, Kelvin Robinson, uh, 18 carries, 259 yards, three touchdowns, had eight tackles, an interception, and a 60-12 to 12 win over East Columbus. That's what I love about 1A football in particular. You got guys who play all over the field. Oh, definitely. I mean, I call them stat sheet stuffers right there. I mean, every column on the stat sheet, they're going to, you know, they're going to highlight again. Griner, we got us a defensive guy on here, or at least one that, that you know, played in, in this game. But I love the versatility. He was able to run the ball here. I mean, the high, you know, high yards, low carries, 18 for 259, but also the eight tackles and a pick against East Columbus. I mean, big reason, you know, with this team, why they were successful. And you got to highlight a guy that's going to be a stat sheet stuffer there. So glad to have him on there. Yeah, and they run that Georgia Southern handbone offense the 80s uh, coach Tom Means they really put a lot of points on the board uh, so great job uh, there and then finally we want to go up to South Caldwell High School this is a team that is six and one really getting it done beats uh, Alexander Central on Friday night a lot of that was behind Jackson Wilkerson who had 212 yards and six touchdowns in that big game 
Oh, that's big time. I mean, you know, we talk about that against, uh, you know, Alexander Central team. You see here, my favorite little phone booth football there. But, again, if you got a guy that he's going to make your first guy miss, and if everybody else isn't aligned appropriately, he's going to take that for some big yards here. So it looks like, again, you know, got the high numbers. Again, we talk about this with, with that fall chill in the air. Could be some running backs with some high carry numbers. 30 of them for 212 and six touchdowns. That's a big win over a tough Alexander Central team. And you see that split back there right there. That's my kind of football. You know, the grounding and pounding are running there between the tackles. So that's old school uh, football. Uh, great to see it. Uh, we got a lot of phone calls, got a lot of tweets, a lot of text messages. Again, hit us up at hashtag Grice as Gyms. Uh, and, and, man, we did it again. That was a good week of talent, Coach. Oh, good week. And like I said, hey, some of these receivers got feel like they got to get some love, but I think your coach is feeling that crisp air outside or just handing that ball off. So, again, if you're balling, whether it's by land, ground, however it is you're doing it, please hit us up at uh, Coach Jay Grice, at Guru Chris Hughes, or at Langston Works Jr., or at Observer Preps. As we always say, if you ball, you're going to get the call. And it was funny. Um, as I was playing, I got three messages. Are you guys doing the super team? Yes, we are doing a super team. We come out in December. Chris and Grice will be playing the lead on that. We'll be sending nominations out uh, for the super team. Karen Belt, Chris, says you guys need to consider Jacob Neely, Forest View, Gaston County, linebacker, also playing multiple positions. Didn't play last week in the crash game. Just passing it on. Yeah, well, um, I am very familiar with that Forest View team. And by the way, I've had them ranked up multiple times this year. Uh, Coach Chris Medlin's actually got a couple really good-looking guys on that team, uh, running back who is just an absolute haul. So we'll certainly take a look at him. But uh, I know the record, they're about a 500 team right now. Uh, but just because they're playing in, in what I think to be a very, very up year for Gaston County football, I mean, everybody just seems to be balling. Even yeah, Ashbrook, yeah, is, absolutely. Even Ashbrook that hadn't won, they're, they're a tough team. Uh, I, I think that at Forest View, if you put them in Cabarrus County right now, they'd be undefeated. All right. Woo! Well, as you can see. Let me, okay, wait, stop. Let me, let me take Hickory Ridge out of the equation. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I thought Gary about threw something. Whoa. You can't, you can't stump my schwabs I got on here. I'll tell you guys, I got the best news in, in football on this show for you guys every week. All right, it's time for the Grice is Right, and we're going to find out about the top games, and Grice is going to break down the big game. Here we go. All right, guys, and, and before um, – I believe I'm in the right place. Before we go and look at these games, uh, I know that we had the chance to uh, sit down with Joe Evans of uh, South Mech earlier in the show. Uh, but let's go uh, and hear what uh, Curtis Fuller over there in Myers Park had to say. Again, they've got that monster game coming up Friday that can, uh, could uh, give the outcome of the, the conference championship. So let's hear from Coach Fuller. All right, we got a big game coming up on Friday. Myers Park's playing South Mecklenburg. The winner's going to have a really good shot at winning a conference championship. There's a three-way race. Arthur Kell's also a part of that. But to win the championship, Coach Curtis Fuller of Myers Park, you got to beat South Mecklenburg. Let's talk about that game. What does Myers Park have to do to beat South Mech and, and get in position to at least get a share of that championship? I just think we honestly, uh, like I said, we got to be Myers Park. Uh, we got to continue to do the things we've done. You know, over the, of the course of the season, our body of work shows that we're getting better each week. And in my opinion, we need to continue to get better each week. You know, and it starts honestly with the quarterback. 
you know, um, him taking care of the football, getting us in the right play, getting us out of bad plays, you know, and getting our playmakers the football. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we always talk about, you know, don't give a big play. Don't let them have a freebie because we blow a coverage or we don't line up right. So in my opinion, those two things are going to be the things that we talk about all week uh, and the things that will help us be successful on Friday night. I have a feeling that this game is going to be incredibly well attended. (laughs) (laughs) South Mac and Myers Park are two of the oldest schools in Charlotte, two of the more traditional schools, but they're rarely this good at the same time. You know, Myers Park has been good at times. South Mac has been good at times, but it doesn't seem like they kind of match together. And now, you know, here we are matched together. Is there a different feeling around campus? I know it's early in the week, but is there a different feeling around campus this week than some of the other weeks? Uh, of the season? Yes, I think there is. You know, we got our, our team app today. She shot out and make sure you get your tickets early. I just think the excitement, you know, South Meck being right there down the street, Myers Park, you know, uh, a lot of the kids, you know, whether they're playing football, basketball, soccer, whatever you name, they know each other. So I think it's a great opportunity uh, for the whole community to come together, you know, on Friday night. You know, to me, it'll be, you know, three hours of, of an excellent game. And to me, that excites me. To me, that uh, it's a great, a, a great setting for our, our community, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, you talked about familiarity. Um, South Mecklenburg's running back Jacob Newman played for you guys last year. Uh, that, uh, several players over there played for you guys last year. Um, we know what you guys are going to do offensively. You know, you're going to throw it all around the yard, it, it, all your your fancy weapons. But are you going to? What are you going to do to stop South Mac? Because we don't know if their quarterback's going to play. But last week they gave the ball to Newman 34 times. You probably seems like the recipe again this week. What are you guys going to do to slow them down with that big offensive line? I mean, I think like like, like I said earlier, you know, we got to control control the deep ball, and you know they make some plays. They got a couple guys out there, six one, six two, six five. I think he's a basketball player, and they can throw it up and make plays. Uh, you know, secondly, I think we got to be good tacklers. You know, uh, Mr. Newman does a great job running the football. Uh, he was a good player for us last year. I've seen nothing uh, of him slowing down on tape. Uh, he, he's done a good job. And Coach Evans over there uh, really has a great idea of how to get him the football. And to me, that's the thing that a lot of high school coaches miss is how do I get my player the football in different form or fashions? And I think Coach Evans does that very well for Jacob. And then also, uh, Langston, um, they got another back that's pretty good in my opinion too. So he's got a little bit of a two-headed monster. And so it'll be a, it'll be a challenge for us on Friday uh, figuring out how to slow those guys down. Okay, last question. I asked you this early in the season. Are you guys where you thought you would be right now, or do you think there's still a little bit more we got to get to as we get ready for the playoffs? I honestly think there's a little bit more we got to get to. Uh, in my opinion, and I'm probably our own worst critic, we're not playing clean football, Langston. When I say that, too many times it's first and 15, you know, it, it's first and 20. Too many times it's we're getting off the field on third down and we get a personal foul because we're hitting the quarterback you know, late. Uh, we're holding in pass coverage. To me, we have not played a clean football game yet, Myers Park. So uh, we're not where we want to be, honestly, uh, but we're not where we used to be. And that's what I talk to our kids about all the time. So we're getting there and we're going to continue to push that truck as we always talk about it. <laughs> all right, Coach. Well, there I go. <laughs> I can't control my board. All right, Coach. Congrats. I mean, good luck to you guys on Friday. Continue pushing that truck down the road. Thank you, sir. All right, a great interview right there with uh, Coach Fuller. I like what Coach Fuller had to say, by, by the way, gentlemen. Uh, you, you know, I always like a coach that, you know, you're, you're happy about what you've accomplished, but there's always room uh, for growth. And like he says, pushing that truck down the road. Uh, any, any thoughts from that, gentlemen? 
Definitely. I mean, he's in a big spot. I mean, I think, you know, having a team like that with high expectations, you know, you kind of have to play that middle ground. I mean, you're, you're definitely proud of your team in one sense. But, you know, he clearly, as he knows, like we all know, they have bigger goals than to be, you know, wherever they are currently. They want the conference and then ultimately the state. And so, you know, definitely understand the sentiment for sure. And, I, you know, definitely going to be a big game on the south side. Actually, I was kind of confused by the interview. Uh, he, he mentioned he pushing the truck down the road. I thought we would talk about shiny new toys earlier this season. So I'm a little confused by that. Uh, one thing about which I was not confused was his reference to, and I quote, Mr. Newman, unquote. When a coach refers to an opposing player with that salutation the week of a game, you're in trouble. He knows how good Mr. Newman is. Very good take. Very and when good you refer to a player as Mr. Newman the week of the game, you're, you're in trouble. Hey, I like it, Alex. Uh, I wonder if he calling him Mr. Newman in practice, though. I ain't never called him you no know, dang on a post. I know, hey, God, how, how I've been this week, Mr. Morrow or Mr. Mahatha. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, he probably got another name in practice. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, we've got a lot of really big games on tap for uh, this week. A lot of conference championships are going to be uh, determined Friday. Uh, just looking at some of these big-time games, and I'll kind of start here at the bottom and just kind of gloss over some of them. Southview at Cape Fear, uh, Metro Atlanta Christian at Cabarrus Warriors, uh, Raven Gap and Providence State had a ch chance to talk uh, to Coach Chad Greer uh, this week. Uh, that's going to be a really tough game for his program. Um, Maiden at Lincolnton, we had a chance to see what Maiden's all about. Lincolnton's got a really defense, really good defense. I'm not sure if it's going to be enough on Friday, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Paige and Grimsley. Um, Paige was really impressive in that game against North uh, Northern Guilford. Uh, Dale, uh, the Olympic there at Archer Kale. I know you've seen both of these teams. You're very familiar with both of them. What do we think about that one? Well, you guys are missing something. Archer Kale is and Olympic both are still in the hunt for the uh, conference championship. In fact, if Olympic wins uh, this week and next week, they're the conference champions. Uh, Ardry Kell, uh, they've lost to Myers Park, so they're in a little bit uh, tougher situation. Of uh, They need to win out and then hope that Olympic can beat um, Myers Park to, or if uh, South Mech and Olympic can beat Myers Park. There's a lot of th – this conference has two huge ball games this week, and uh, having seen both these teams play and having seen them play against common opponents – uh, this is going to be a fairly evenly matched game. I, uh, Olympic surprised me. I thought uh, South Mech would manhandle them, to be quite honest with you. And uh, South Mech about got manhandled. So uh, Olympics got Olympics got something under the hood that can maybe give uh, Ardry Kell a little bit of trouble. But I think it's going to be a great ball game, I, and I think it'll be a close uh, one score game. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Dale. And, and again, I mentioned it during uh, Grice's gyms. You know, I watched the film and went back and looked at that game. Olympic was just 
gritty the whole time. They would not give up in that game versus South Mech. They just did not go away and, and made South Mech earn it and then some. So I kind of have to agree with you uh, uh, with that game. Uh, another one right there, Mount Tabor at Reagan, will be a solid game. Uh, again, the Central Piedmont's just that conference that you just have no idea that to who who's going to win any given night. It's such an unpredictable league. Um, Gary Cox Mill on the road uh, facing Hickory Ridge. What do we see in that game? Well, uh, as I said earlier when I was arguing for Christian Hamilton, um, Hickory Ridge has been on a roll ever since the Vance game. I think they they – they got a lot of confidence. Uh, they took Vance right down to the last possession of the game. And since that game, they have been blowing teams out. Uh, and most of their games are over by midway in the second quarter. So Cox Mill will have a, a, a tough game on their hands. I think it's senior night at Hickory Ridge. Um, the Cox Mill is going to have to stop the onslaught, the early onslaught of, of Hickory Ridge. And, and, you know, we've had uh, Alex Bentley on the show, the quarterback, and, of course, Christian Hamilton, who's that dude. But Hickory Ridge is playing defense this year, and they're led by Ethan Young and Cal Perry and Jordan Wilkes and uh, uh, two Tutors. standing corners. And they are playing great defense as well as great offense. And Friday night is their opportunity to at least tie for the conference championship. And um, next week, should they win Friday, they'll have the opportunity to, to win it outright. But uh, Cox Mill got a tough game, and they need to stay in it for at least a half to have a chance because Hickory Ridge has been putting up over 40 a game ever since the fancy game. All right. Um, Newburn's going to D.H. Conley. D.H. Conley, by the way, shot Jacksonville Friday night and just blew them out. Uh, very kind of an unexpected game. Uh, Leesville Road on the road against Sanderson. Uh, Sanderson, by the way, has won four in a row. They've really started to get better as Coach Jeremy Buck, again, a former Charlotte coach, uh, has recovered from the COVID. They've gotten stronger as he has. I expected them to be a good team at the beginning of the year. Uh, Shelby at East Gaston, who would have uh, kind of see how East Gaston comes off of that very emotional double overtime loss against Burns. Yeah, almost knocked them off. Western Atlanta Concord, uh, that should uh, by all um, means establish the winner uh, for the South Piedmont 3A. Uh, Alex, uh, Wake Forest is going to Rollsville. That's a big game up in the triangle. A uh, very big game. And the most disappointing thing about this game, as I wrote about in my weekly uh, Tuesday column, is is the venue situation. This game was supposed to be at Wake Forest this year. So obviously Trentini Stadium undergoing renovations, that is what it is, that's beyond anyone's control. This is the type of game that should be played at the North Carolina State Fair. We saw, we saw what a great electric atmosphere as every year, the Red River Showdown gave us a couple of weeks ago, particularly after one year hiatus. And there are some things in place that can make a game like this come to life at a venue like the Sam Rand Grandstand, which would have to take some overhauling, but it can be done. High school football should be a part of the Rand Grandstand tradition, which has included one of NASCAR's most recent dirt races, dirt track races from 1970 and horse racing there. So why not high school football in that electric of an environment? It's gonna be a great game 
I do think that you're seeing a Wake Forest team, which has been playing very, very well the last few weeks and gotten great play from its offensive line and pounding the football with its um, multi-headed strong backfield as it did last week at Heritage. Roseville with uh, Byron Brown, who's been coming on very strongly as of late. And if nothing else, the fact that these two municipalities used to share one high school. So always a rivalry game, many, many student athletes and families who derived from the Wake Forest roots and helped form the foundation for Roseville when it opened. So very familiar with being a part of a successful tradition and looking to create one of their own. It has all the makings of a great game. I agree. Hey, Sam, uh, your team uh, is going to go on the road and face Chambers, uh, the West Charlotte over there. Uh, that, that's a huge game. Tell us uh, what they expect. Well, I mean, you got some fireworks. We, we've been chosen for multiple homecoming games this year, and uh, a couple people are not happy they chose us for homecoming. Hopefully we can make this Friday another one. Um, I just think that they're really good. They're very athletic. It's going to be a lot of athletes on the field. I think we're very similar. Um, we feast and famine off for certain things. It just depends on who's going to play cleaner football. And I think if we play clean football, we can make it a game where – you know, we can put them in some situations that they're not used to. And um, hopefully that works out for us. All right, man. Good stuff. Good luck Friday night. Hey, let's talk about our game of the week. All right. Take it away, Grice. That's how big it is. Had to give it twice. Uh, Glenn versus East Forsyth is our game of the week. Yes, I had to go up to the baby IMAC, as I call it. Um, This is going to be a great game. I think, you know, at that conference, you never seem to know, you know, really, you know, who the top dogs are. And I feel like it ebbs and flows a little bit. This game is going to be, you know, important for that dominance. My first keys, you know, be ready for a shootout. You know, teams are averaging 90 points combined. East Forsyth, of course, with the lion's share of that, averaging 52 points per game, led by their quarterback and all-purpose all-star. He's like a Lamar Jackson, Jalen alexander Rayner. Uh, he has 18 total yards this year and is the guy that you need to stop if you want to stop that potent East Forsyth offense. Um, you know, looking at the second, you know, key here, I mean, defense, it's a little different. I mean, when you have two teams that are high scoring, it's not about limiting points. It's about creating chances for your offense. Turnovers and big plays on D are going to be key. If Glenn is going to be able to have any, you know, any chance of slowing them down, they're going to have to lean on their big play defensive lineman, Albert Red. You talk about 12 sacks from him, 26 hurries. He's the guy, as I talk about, when you're scheming, you've got to circle him to make sure he's accounted for in your protection. Uh, Trevor Warren's also another guy that's going to be a guy that's going to make big tackles. Hopefully they can at least get some semblance of some three and outs or, or, or one or two stops, which could be the difference. From the Easter Sife side, they've got their own share of guys. You talk about the NC State commit, Isaiah Crowell. You know, he's going to be there. You're marked on there, number one. I bet he's going to travel with them all game. He's a guy that, you know, wherever he is, you better make sure you're not throwing into any coverage where he is where he's going to pick it off. Um, also for them, R.J. Brown and their guy, Nick Martin, has nine sacks so far this year. So it's going to be big on defense. It's a little different than what most people are, are looking at for a high school defense. Just make enough stops with a bigger focus is getting your offensive ball back as soon as possible and in the best field position that's possible there. 
Um, and the last item, you guys know I like to look at the matchups, at the historical matchups. You know, we looked at it with Butler and Richmond County, how Richmond had that in. Looked at it even, you know, last week with Maiden and Bunker Hill and how Maiden had dominated that series and continued to do so with a huge win last week. This is one is you know that that you look at and it's just can Glenn shift the balance of power you know in this league? East Forsyth, of course, as we know, has dominated last five or six years, winning two state titles. You know, back to back as they, I think it was two. Guru might have me. It might have been three. Um, but you know, the bigger thing with that is that Glenn had the had the thirty five thirteen win in the spring, and you kind of got the feeling that maybe East Forsyth was you know a little down, and Glenn was ready to take that mantle. This game is going to show us and really prove if they're ready to take it over and become the dominant power that East Forsyth was. So I'm excited for this game of the week. Wish I could go see it if I didn't have my own, you know. Choose where you think's going to win, Grace. If I had to choose, I've got Glenn. I mean, I think they're gonna they're gonna continue to stay in that mode. I think East Forsyth has been dominant. But, I mean, you know, you look one at the comp. I think Reagan, you know, caught East Forsyth slipping a little bit, was able to be tough against them. Glenn was able to dispose of them pretty easily early on in the season. So, I, I think Glenn's got that chance. I may be wrong here, and I think, you know, if East Forsyth wins, they're going to they're gonna win pretty big. But I got to go with Glenn here. It would be hard for me to pick a winner as well. But I do – one thing I want to think about, Glenn has now won this game two times in a row. So, the balance yeah. of power has already shifted. Glenn has won dating back to last year twice in a row. Uh, I think that's got a sour, sour taste in Coach Willard and everybody here that East Forsyth team. I think East is going to come out ultra-motivated, even more so than they would be. Uh, this is going to be they a heck it. of a struggle. I think it's going to be a heck of a ball game. One possession game. I'll, I'm willing to bet lunch on it, um, Chris, that I'll take Glenn. I, I think Glenn, Glenn would have probably been my pick as well. Uh, but again, uh, let's not forget this conference is so close. Glenn in a close game with no Forsyth. Reagan is right there in the mix. Those are four bona fide dogs in that team, in that conference, leading that team. Any, any one of them could probably win any given night. But hey, guys, we see us all in the three way. So what time is it? Thunderdome. The door. Welcome to another edition of All right, are you deferring, Sam? I always defer. All right, uh, so kicking it all off to Coach Grice. Uh, here we go. Let's knock it off. Coach versus Coach. Question number one: Players going into the transfer portal mid-season is that good or bad for college football, Coach Grice? It's you know it's a weird way to say this, but I I think it's good. I mean, for me, uh, you know, I've, heard, I've definitely heard Griner say this on the phone. When we we're talking about you know certain situations. Hey, if you don't want to be on my team, leave like right now. Like, don't pass go. Don't collect two hundred dollars. Get the heck out. You know, so I, I think for me, that's great. If somebody that doesn't want to be here, go ahead, go and leave. Make sure this process, one, can be beneficial for you. But two, I don't want to put you in a situation where you're on my team and have the ability to cause or create a, an incident that can take away from what we're trying to do. So I think it's great. Get out, go, go find what's best for you. And we all can be happy. How exciting, uh, like if someone enters the transfer portal midseason, the coaching staff that's coaching that guy, I mean, they're they're happy because they know that they can get they can start recruiting heavier now. So it's actually a good thing for the colleges. It's terrible for the players entering in the transfer portal because there's too many people in the portal. You're not gonna go where you think you're gonna go unless you're just the dude. I mean, you got what about what 150 guys that actually really go somewhere, and you got like three thousand people in the portal. And then all these guys that are division one players are end up playing at 
you know, Division two schools and stuff like that because they didn't stick it out. But it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Agreed, guys. Not to mention the effect that it's got on the current recruits trying to go up from these high school classes. So it's certainly I got everything convoluted. Uh, but uh, we're going to stay on your side now, Coach Griner. Let's go to question number two. Down 14 in the fourth quarter. You score and cut the lead uh, to eight. Analytics say go for two. What are you going to do? Um, we're down 14, cut the lead to eight. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going for two there. I'm, I'm kicking the extra point. <laughs> I'll, I'll choose if I'm, if I'm away, then I might go for two. If we get the next touchdown to tie, like to tie it up, we kick the extra point or go for the win. So I think that I'd go for the win on the last one, not necessarily the analytics say, uh, go for two on the first one. Uh, the way I look at it, Griner, I'm giving my ball to number three rather than our 160-pound kicker that only practices part-time. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him the ball in the two-yard line. I'm going to tell Griner, I'm going to tell your best guy to tackle. I, I think that's the situation. Again, if you don't get it, you clearly know what you're doing the next time. If you do get it, you can then trot out your guy with you know that's kicking the extra point with no fear of him making it. I mean, again, it's a situation he's practiced and he doesn't have any pressure. But for that first one, I want to give the ball to my guy on the two-yard line. Your guys are already mad. They're upset. The band's playing. They're all excited. Those kids are, are still brunning and arguing. I thought you had him. Let's go ahead and line up, snap the ball, give it to my best player on the two-yard line, and we're going to go ahead and get those yards. And if we don't, we know what we're doing. The only bad thing is that you're not thinking about this aspect. Say you don't get the two, okay? You don't get the two. You lose a little bit of the momentum you just gained, and you're still down. That's the thing you have to look at. There's momentum shifts in the game, and I think that we're not looking at that. Analytics don't understand that, the momentum shift, and I think that's the bigger thing. Christ doesn't understand it either. Go ahead and look okay. at that move, two moves down. I, I, right right I have no understanding of it. I, I'm just yeah. kidding with you, man. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> All right, guys, like Christ, uh, sticking with you here on the final question of the night. If Deshaun Watson's legal troubles were behind him, would you trade uh, three number ones plus McCaffrey for four him? Yeah, I think I think he's that kind of game changer in this league. He's, you know, again, I'm let's make sure we say this. No legal troubles existed in this utopian world where he did not have things that could put him in jail for a very long time then yes, he is that type of game changer because the real reason why I say that, if you offered that right now to that team, they would not take it because they know how valuable that guy is to, you know, how he is to the Texans. You if they, if they offer that, they're not going to take it? They would not take that at all. No. Oh my God, they would take that in a heartbeat. They would not take it at all. You got Three number one. Three number one. one. And McCaffrey. If I got Deshaun Watson, your number ones are second round picks, pretty much. I'm gonna it's gonna be in the high twenties, low thirties from here no, on. Out. I think it, it is definitely way too much. DJ Moore would be an all pro if Deshaun Watson. Three, three number ones or Christian McCaffrey, or in my opinion, maybe Christian. They McCaffrey had McCaffrey, they've had McCaffrey four games in the last two years. You got you might as well two years that's now. True. But what I'm saying, no legal troubles, and then when he is there, you see the difference in the team. You know, the Panthers are a legit team when he's there. It shows his worth. All it does is just prove his worth even better. Like, they just got to keep him healthy. I'm, I'm trading him, getting him out of here. Tell Sam Darnold, hit the road, Jack, and don't come back no more. No oh more. Gosh. No more. 
Y'all, it's crazy. Now I would love to have Deshaun Watson. I would, I would buy season tickets if they get Deshaun Watson. That's I would my do point. That but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give up three number ones. I'll give up one number one, one number one, and McCaffrey. That's about it. That's it. Three. I don't need number ones. They're gonna be the thirty second pick. That's too much. No, I got one question. Here. It's not enough. I got one question. Say, they would not take it. They would not take it. They would say, no, get out of my face, leave my office. They would not take that. For <laughs> Sam, I got one question here. Uh, Tim Tebow. Where's, right? where's, where's Tim Tebow in all of this? <laughs> yeah, that's the other that, one. Here. Would you take that Tim would be Tebow? the deciding factor. If we had a Tim Tebow, like, is an assistant coach yeah. or something in this deal? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, like, no. I would push it over the edge. I could tip it one way or the other. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, you, Sam, you, you, they'd you, laugh. You too much. They'd laugh yeah. then. Guys, I, I hope. You viewers get an idea of why I tried to assemble these guys. I mean, I was very deliberate about trying to get these guys together. I can toss it to Alex, and Alex can give you an explanation of non-parochial schools and association. Chris can talk about any team, anywhere, almost any time. Grice can break down games like none other. Gary and Dale have incredible experience around Charlotte. And Sam's a star of the show. It's his show. It's, it's Sam's show. And you never know what he's going to say. Sometimes Man. he gets him in trouble, but he's always entertaining, and it's time for the <laughs> final thoughts. All right, just get your popcorn ready for next year, West Charlotte. I told you this before. I saw them putting in the lights today. <laughs> We're going to shut this place down. Charlotte's going to be upset how nice our stadium is going to be, our school, LED lights flashing, got some smoke coming in there oh it's gonna be amazing i'm just telling you like i'm excited about the season we're having right now got a long ways to go and uh but next year woohoo just letting you know <laughs> that's okay, it so, since you got the lights coach till i know you're watching i need richmond county at west charlotte next year and Woo! sam has the barbecue that's and fine. you wear your own gold sam and you gotta wear all gold, Sam. That's right. I'm wearing all gold. Yeah. All right, Coach Till. Let's get it going. Let's get it going, guys. <laughs> man, I really appreciate you guys watching. I know we're running a little heavy. I've always promised 90 minutes with just a touch heavy. Uh, really great show tonight, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Archie, our Deacon coming on was great. Chelsea was yeah. great as usual. We'll be back next week with another show. Um, when are we cutting the list of Mr. Football? I got a, a text just now. When's that cutting down? Let's say the first week of the playoffs. First, first week, week of the playoffs. playoffs. Okay, there you go. And then eventually we'll get down to the top three. We'll invite them on to the show, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll have Sam give out the winners we did last year. We actually had two Mr. Footballs last year because the private schools played in the fall and the public schools in the spring. Yeah, that's so true. So it should be fun. And then the super team will come out on or around Christmas Day. The recognized all-state team in North Carolina, the Mr. Football we pick is the one when you open up your college magazines and it says the, the Mr. Football North Carolina, it's the one that we're naming here. So this is a really big deal. Uh, I hope you guys will you know, participate uh, and watch and, and continue to watch. The viewership is great. So I'm Langston. That's Sam. That's Chris, the number one voice, number one voice, high school football in North Carolina. Coach Grice, I always get in trouble. He's an assistant coach at Mallet Creek. I don't want to say the one because I always get it wrong. <laughs> Alex Bass, the contrarian, the skip mailers of the show, my man Gary Richmond, and the great Dale Ross, and we are talking preps. Good stuff. <laughs>